Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. Remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, I am playing dad today. Um, you know, I have some parental duties here, so this video might be choppy. You might hear some background noise at times. Forgive me. Let me also state, too, that while I did represent a very well-known boxer, pound-for-pound guy, and did appear at a hearing with Dan Goosen, rest in peace, and the commissioner um, of the California Boxing Commission, I'm an outsider, right? I'm a boxing outsider. I don't want anyone to think that I'm a boxing insider, right? My role in representing that fighter was uh, limited, right? Just understand, I'm a boxing outsider. I'm like most fans, but I have looked at a few boxing contracts. Uh, let's just say that um, I followed the sport for years, right? I have an idea on some of the contracts involved in the sport. So let's talk about the Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence situation. According to reports, Terrence Crawford has pivoted away from a fight that would have been a great fight for the boxing hardcore against fellow future Hall of Famer Errol Spence, right? Let's be clear here. Crawford, undisputed at 140, now has a share of the title at 147. Understand Crawford has beaten people like Cal Brook, Amir Khan, Sean Porter. In other words, he's not a guest at 147. This is a guy who's shown up and who is making his mark, right? He beat Mean Machine, a guy who I feel is underrated, right? Of course, Spence has been on a great run himself, beating Sean Porter before Crawford did. Right, beating Danny Garcia, who is raising a ruckus at 154, right? Danny's making moves. Danny deserves a lot of attention, right? Yudanis uh, Ugas, uh, Spence has beaten him. So the Crawford-Spence fight would have been huge for boxing insiders, for hardcore boxing fans. Right, would have been huge. Apparently Crawford has pivoted. A promoter has offered him something like $10 million, if you believe reports, for a fight in Crawford's backyard against Avenisian, not an easy opponent, but certainly easier than Errol Spence. Right, so Crawford is taking the bigger money payday. Now, let's talk about this and let's put it in perspective because people know that I've been criticizing for years 
the inability of then unbeaten heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder and then unbeaten heavyweight champion Anthony Joshua from stepping in the ring, right? It just seems to me to be ridiculous that two heavyweight champs in their prime did not go toe-to-toe, right? That fight would have been a bonanza. Understand, too, that the present is just a snapshot. There are always people in the background. We think we know who the top two fighters in a weight class is. We might not. So, Wilder, Joshua, and that's how I'm going to refer to it. Because Wilder held the belt longer than Joshua did. Wilder, Joshua, was being discussed at a time when you had Tyson Fury in boxing Siberia. Right? You had other quality heavyweights just outside the frame. Right? Just outside the frame. And, of course, those two guys weren't able to close the deal. And, of course, both of those guys ended up losing. Right? I'm just telling you, you go through boxing history, you're going to find very few, and I mean very few, unbeaten fighters. Even the greats, Joe Lewis, Ali, listed, in my opinion. Right? Even the greats, Joe Fraser, lost matches because when you're a champ and you're fighting championship level opposition, you're going to lose some matches. So when you see two in their prime heavyweights who are both unbeaten with claims on the title, you understand that if they don't get in the ring, other people from outside the frame are going to be able to enter the frame and might be able to beat one, if not both, of them. So let's talk about the global situation here, and then let's tie it back to Spence Crawford, or Crawford Spence, right? I will say between the two fighters, the more historical fighter is Terrence Crawford, because this is Crawford's second act. Right? This is akin, in my opinion, to Roberto Duran owning the lightweight division. No one seems to remember that. We remember him fighting Ray Leonard right, at a higher weight. We remember him fighting Marvin Hagler at a higher weight. Right? We remember him fighting Duran Barkley at a higher weight. Understand, that was Duran's second act. Duran really had already had a Hall of Fame career by the time he faces Ray Leonard. Understand, Terrence Crawford doesn't need another fight. He was undisputed at 140. Right? This is really Crawford in his second career. This is akin to Bernard Hopkins jumping up to light heavyweight after being one of the dominant middleweight champions in history, right? Maybe you remember him against Jean Pascal, right? Maybe you remember him against Antonio Tarver. But if you remember his full career, you understand he's historical. Terrence Crawford right now is historical. He's the more historical fighter 
than Errol Spence. Let me also say to him, I'm going to make big statements, which many are going to disagree with. That's fine, right? This is what commentary is all about. You can let your statements be known by leaving your comments in the comment section of this YouTube video, right? Don't be bashful. If you feel that Errol Spence is the more historical fighter, tell us why, right? You know, convey it to all the subscribers. Well, let's continue here. You know, there's no widespread money in boxing. I've said it here before on other videos, right? There's, there isn't anything close to the level of money. There is, and you name the sport, basketball, baseball, football, right? In basketball, I can go around the league. The NBA just started, and I can look and say, okay, I know Steph Curry is getting big dollars. I know LeBron James is getting big dollars. I know Joel Embiid is getting big dollars. In other words, there are guys making big dollars. We'll call it $10 million or more per year, right? And understand, some of these guys are making well more than $10 a year, right? In baseball right now, you have a guy who makes more than $30 million a year carrying a team. Literally, carrying the team that does, didn't even have 90 wins in the regular season. And they're now one game away from representing the National League in the World Series. And that's Bryce Harper. Right? In football, who doesn't know Pat Mahomes? Right? Bankers know Pat Mahomes because Pat Mahomes makes more than $40 million a year. Right? Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, you can go down the line. There are several guys making well north of $10 million a year. Right? Well, more than $20 million a year. Now, the point I want to make to folks, because I know we've all heard of big purses. Right? We've all heard of Mike Tyson money, we'll call it. Right? We hear about the big money that Anthony Joshua has gotten, that Tyson Fury has gotten. And it's big money. It's north of $20 million for some fights, right? I need for people to understand that in boxing, there are always two groups. I've mentioned this before. There's the heavyweight champion, and there's everyone else, right? Literally in that order the heavyweight champion, and then there's everyone else. Understand, as a general rule of thumb, there are very few, let me repeat that, very few outside of heavyweight who can earn top dollar. Again, more than $10 million a fight. Right, let's say that at the top level, a guy fights twice a year. There are very few, and I mean very few, outside of heavyweight who could clear $20 million in a year. Right? Now, I'm going to be generous. Understand, this number is bigger than I think the actual number is. But I believe at any point in time, I would put the number 
of guys outside of heavyweight who could earn $20 million a year boxing at three, right? Let me also point out that in that group, there's Canelo, and then there's everyone else, right? Now, let's name some of the guys who have belonged to this group recently. Just think of the group in your head, right? Fighters who are not heavyweights who could earn $20 million from boxing, right? In recent years, Canelo, Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, right? Go back a little bit. Oscar De La Hoya, right? I'm just telling you, folks, it's a very short list. Very short. So, let's just say that earning $10 million in a fight is a rare occurrence, right? It's a very rare occurrence. So many big fights don't happen. Understand, too, why it's a rare occurrence. It's because while the world will fixate on big fights, right? Usyk, Joshua, Fury, Wilder, right? Everyone wants to watch the fight, right? My first wife somehow knew when Oscar De La Hoya was fighting, right? My mother, I'm going way back now. My mother always knew when Ali was fighting. You can tell the box office kings by the people who get brought into the sport by them, right? I'm just telling you the reason the sport's a bonanza for gamblers is because for the fights that don't include the De La Hoyas and the Ali's, casual fans barely know who the fighters are. The fighter could be great. I mean, upper crust, right? You look at the guy and you're thinking, oh my goodness. You know, even when the guy's a contender, you're thinking, oh my goodness, who in his division can beat him? You're thinking, man, if this guy stays healthy, this guy's going to have a Hall of Fame career. You're thinking, hey, forget this weight class. Who in the weight class above him can beat him? And usually that narrows it down. Usually the boxing hardcore know. A fight between A and B will give us the answer to the question of who is the best here in this division, globally. But understand, because casual fans don't know the fighters, don't see it that way, a lot doesn't get done. So to the boxing hardcore, do you remember the Juan Manuel Lopez versus Yorkis Gamboa fight? Folks, we all wanted that fight to happen, didn't we? We were here online urging the fight to happen. Right? I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about the boxing community. Fans wanted that fight to happen. You knew as soon as that fight was announced, you were going to figure out how to order the pay-per-view. 
folks, the fight didn't happen. The money wasn't there for the fight. And by that, I mean, the fighters hear that other guys are making $10 million a fight. They want Mike Tyson money. Right? They hear that other fights got $2 million pay-per-view. Right? They, they understand that, you know, the money is there for big fights. They understand that they're the elite of their weight class. Right? They're the elite. Boxing insiders are comparing them to the greats. Here they're fighting another elite fighter. How could the money not be there? And the reason is because the sport outside of the big fights, outside of the heavyweight division, outside of Canelo, the sport is not that popular. Do you remember the Joe Calzaghe? Retired, unbeaten, British, one of the greats. Do you remember the Joe Calzaghe fight against his countrymen? Folks, their careers overlapped. Carl Froch. Do you remember that fight? Folks, in the UK, if I say British, 168 pounds, what names do you think of? Right? I'm just telling you these are two of the names you think of. Calzaghe. Frotch, overlapping careers. I believe Frotch won the Commonwealth Games. I remember seeing an interview with a young Carl Frotch where he was calling out Joe Calzaghe. Frotch wanted the fight. The fight didn't happen. Right? Sven Aki against any of the big names during his era. Most of those fights didn't happen today. And if people think I'm taking a shot, yes, I am, yet again on this fighter. Jermall Charlo, against most of the big names at middleweight. Those fights haven't happened. Right, Danny Jacobs, Canelo, Golovkin, you, you know, I'm sure you have your own list of fights that did not happen, Right. Again, in boxing, casual fans don't even know who the best fighters are. You could have walked into a casino. I'm sure the line wasn't that long. You could have gotten great odds on an Olympic gold medalist who was unbeaten and who was previously undisputed. Alexander Usyk before the first Joshua fight. Right? Think about that. Usyk, by the way, is unbeaten today. The odds gave Usyk less than a 40% chance of beating Joshua. If you just looked at films of the fight, you understood that while Joshua certainly is the bigger man with the bigger punch, you understood that Usyk is a boxing master. You had to think to yourself, wow, is there the possibility? that Joshua gets undressed, right? Look at the odds. You were getting Usyk at less than 40% odds of success in that fight. In my eyes today, let's make the conversation relevant. The best middleweight on the planet, and I'm considering Golovkin to be a middleweight here, 
right? I'm considering, I'm considering Jamal Charlo to be a middleweight here. Let me also apologize to Jamal Charlo, a great fighter who takes on great competition. I know some people are going to get confused. I'm not talking about the king at 154, right? But understand, in a division with Golovkin, who just went the distance with Canelo, right, at 168, and with Charlo, in my eyes, the best middleweight on the planet is Janabek Alim Kaluli. Folks, few people know who he is. If he were fighting in your town, how many fans would show up? I plan to take him over Charlo or Golovkin. I'm guessing he won't make $10 million for the fight. I'm guessing he wouldn't make $2 million for the fight. Maybe not $1 million. Right? I'm guessing when it comes time to bet for him, when the fight's announced, I'm guessing I get him at at least a plus 200. Now, the Spence Crawford situation is different, as I see it, from the Wilder Joshua fight that never took place. Deontay and AJ are heavyweights. Understand, they were both heavyweight champs at the time. Understand, the money was there for them. Each would have made well more, multiples more, than $10 million each. Now, I understand life is more complicated than we make it here online. Right, Even when the money is there for the fight, certain things have to be considered, like contractual rights. So I understand that AJ had a multi-fight deal with a media group that included guarantees and that the value of the contract would have dropped with a loss. So AJ wanted a rematch clause. When I say AJ, I'm talking about his financial group, right? AJ, who had a deal in place with the media group, wanted a rematch clause and further offered Wilder guaranteed money for a multi-fight deal, right? The goal was to protect the financial setup AJ already had in place. When you think AJ, you need to think Canelo, right? AJ is a box office god, right? Compared to the others at heavyweight, this is the box office king of our time at heavyweight, right? I'm not saying he's the best heavyweight fighter, life's unfair. He is the box office king. Right? Other countries enter the bidding when AJ's involved. So Dubai comes in and says, hey, we have a bid for the next AJ fight. It's not that way with a lot of heavyweights. Right? AJ translates with fans. Understand, too, 
fans fall in love with flawed fighters. Right? Jack Dempsey owns the 1920s. Not Gene Tunney. Right? You mentioned Jack Dempsey's name. He had packed arenas. Gene Tunney might have been a better fighter, ultimately beats Dempsey, but he certainly wasn't getting Dempsey money. Right? By the way, for those looking at the economic times we're in, Dempsey loses his money in the Great Depression. Right? If you believe some pundits, if you are looking at things like S&P 500 price-to-sales ratios, if you listen to Michael Burry, we're looking at another 20% down. You're going to have a lot of people get wiped out. Some of them are going to be boxers. Well, what I want to argue here and you tell me your views in the comment section of this video. And I understand big names are involved right behind the scenes. But here, for Spence Crawford, the money was not there. Right? Spence, first ballot Hall of Famer. Crawford, first ballot Hall of Famer. You all know I think Crawford would have won that fight. Right? These are elite fighters. I'm not going to couch it any other way. They've been champs for years. Right? For years. They've been champs. Would have been one of the more intriguing fights of our time. Great fight. Right? But just understand, while you and I, people who follow fights, right? People who, you know, over the course of a month are here on YouTube looking at several fights, Right? People who, who buy pay-per-view fights. People who not only think of Canelo, but then start thinking, wow, you know, how would he do at 175 against Beevil? We got the answer to that question. Then you start thinking Paterbiev, Yard, Ramirez. Right? If you're a boxing fan and you know fighters other than the big names and you wonder how the big names would do against them because you understand this is a competitive sport right even at 147 there's a question right now there's some people right off the frame there's a question right now how would Spence and Crawford do against Boots Ennis do against Virgil Ortiz Right Of those four, I would say Ortiz has the best jab in the division. Right, I would say that Boots Ennis would be going for a knockout against either Spence or Crawford. Right, long-time viewers know I personally include Mean Machine in the list. I know Mean Machine has had some car crashes. I understand... Uh, mean Machine, you know, has had some problems. Mean Machine dropped Crawford. The ref blew the call. Well, to make up for that, he dropped Virgil Ortiz. Right, folks, boxing's highly competitive. But the point is the names I just named, and I think all of them are extremely talented. 
right? I believe the blueprint on beating Crawford might be in that mean machine fight. But the fans barely know about it. Right? I doubt my first wife knows who any of these people are. Right? My mom loved her to death. If you weren't Ali or Ray Leonard, she didn't know who you were. Right? In fairness to mom, mom knew the people Ali was fighting. George Foreman, Joe Fraser. Right? But the bottom line is casual fans only really know a handful of fighters. So what happened in the Spence? And Spence is one of the better draws in boxing. Crawford fight was that Spence wanted his guarantee. Right? Spence wanted guaranteed money. Crawford then had to agree to the fight with the understanding that he was going to get a percentage. Right? Let me tell you how perilous that is. And I mean perilous. Two Hall of Famers had a rematch. Roy Jones, who really went on a run that's rare in boxing. When he was beating people like Mike McCallum, look up that fight. Virgil Hill, look up who that fighter was. Right, Roy Jones, great fighter. Right, Bernard Hopkins is on the Mount Rushmore of great middleweights. Right, understand from this seat, there's Monzone, there is Marvelous Marvin Hagler, there is Hopkins, there is Golovkin. If you want to throw in the middleweight champ who dropped the heavyweight champ, okay, we can throw in Stanley Ketchell, even though his career is too short, right? Um, for old-timers, we could throw in Bob Fitzsimmons, but understand, Hopkins is in that very short list of great middleweight champions. Well, Roy Jones fought Bernard Hopkins, and folks, the fight, according to reports, lost money. Right? This was the rematch. Both guys were older. Both guys were a little bit past their expiration dates. Right? The crowd wasn't there, even for a fight involving two known fighters. Right? I'm just telling you, outside of the heavyweight division in Canelo, and maybe two others, there's financial uncertainty in boxing. So you had one of the best promoters. And promoters really do a masterful job pulling off some of these fights, right? Because they're the ones hustling to get the site. They're the ones hustling to get the sponsors. Well, understand, Terrence Crawford had Bob Arum, one of the legendary names in the profession, as his promoter. And you know the rest. Crawford still hasn't broken into the public consciousness the way Canelo has. Right? That still hasn't happened. Right? The Crawford-Aram relationship fell apart there at the end. Right? There were some accusations made. I believe that there might be a legal matter. I'm just telling you, Crawford's a great fighter. 
Crawford might not be a great box office draw, even against an Errol Spence. Spence himself might have a cap. Understand, I don't consider Spence to be a $10 million guy. He's not Canelo. He's not Joshua. Right? Spence is great at getting that $1 to $2 million purse. Above five, that's a leap and an assumption. Right? So, if a promoter, as reports are claiming, offered Crawford $10 million for his next fight, the answer should be thank you very much. I don't consider this to be a dodge, like I consider Tyson Fury dodging Usyk right now. Right? Really? Derek Chisora? That's the fight you came up with? I don't consider this to be a dodge. I consider this to be a fighter realizing at 34 or however old Terrence Crawford is that these big paydays, these big paydays could be few and far between going forward. And that against Spence, where he was supposed to audit books and make sure he got his percentage and stuff like that, he was supposed to operate without the guarantee that Spence was making. And if any of this information is wrong, tell us about it in the comment section of this video. Um, the bottom line is that setup had too much financial uncertainty because the money wasn't there. To sum up, this is not a wilder Joshua situation. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this YouTube video. Let me also say, too, I believe Spence ultimately goes to 154. I believe Jermel Charlo will not fight him because he views Spence as a brother. Understand, the Klitschko brothers would not fight each other because they had a relationship that transcended the sport. Right? You put boxing gloves on, it's hard to undo the idea of who won that fight. So I believe Spence is going to be looking for a dance partner at 154. Maybe we get Spence, Danny Garcia, too. I believe Crawford, who's a skill fighter, not a size fighter. Right? Crawford's a guy who doesn't have to be your size to beat you. I believe Crawford might go up to 154. To face Spence or Charlo or Garcia at a future date. That's how talented Crawford is. Anyway, that's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I look forward to reading your comments. Thanks for stopping by.